Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the Hour Two Cents podcast with the Missouri Bankers Association. I'm Jackson Hathaway, Senior Vice President of Marketing, Communication, and Member Service with the MBA. We're glad you can join us for an episode that will focus specifically on the current coronavirus pandemic. Banks and communities across the country are struggling with more uncertainty than we've known in some time. Uncertainty around how to make businesses continue to thrive, what employment will look like for the next three to five months, what the market will continue to do as it fluctuates wildly in one direction and another. Throughout the period ahead of us, we intend to be a resource for our bankers. We'll be bringing in experts on a variety of topics related to the pandemic, related to the economy, related to employment issues that we believe can help you. So in this episode, we interviewed Jonathan Hightower. Jonathan is a partner at Fenimore K. Harrison & Ford, a law firm that recently released a white paper on pandemic planning and preparation for banks. Jonathan shared with us his thoughts and insights around how banks should operate given the current market dynamics, as well as ways in which banks can be assets to their communities throughout a time of turbulence and uncertainty. Now, of course, Jonathan spoke to us in the moment. The day that we talked to Jonathan, the market had dropped 3,000 points, and the federal government had released guidelines recommending people stay in groups smaller than 10. Every day, the situation seems to change. We believe you'll find great value in what Jonathan has to share, even as the situation has changed since the time of this recording. But we also commit to bringing you a pipeline of relevant and timely information fed by experts across a variety of fields over the coming months. So with that in mind, enjoy this podcast with Jonathan Hightower. Jonathan, thank you for joining us. I'd like to start by asking you what you believe are the most pressing concerns for banks at the moment. So when we look at the current concerns, for banks across the industry. I think the first fundamental concern that comes to mind is just the rapid pace of change as we deal with the market impacts and the health impacts of the coronavirus. Uh, We felt like we had a pretty good feel for what was to come a week ago. And uh, certainly some of those things have turned out, uh, but the, the path has been a winding one, and some of the items that we were talking about a week ago, which was access to subdebt at historically low rates, uh, the topic has certainly shifted today. Uh, for example, on, on Monday, we have spent the whole morning talking to people about their shareholders' meetings and how they can arrange uh, for following the current CDC guidance on not having groups of 50 or more together in a in a shareholders meeting. So again, that rapid pace of change is a great concern. And then of course, when you look longer term, you have to think about the impact on borrowers and communities. We certainly hope that that is a short-term impact and it's just a matter of keeping good businesses uh, with cash in their hands to get through this. Uh, but, But obviously asset quality becomes a concern at some level. So obviously at the moment, a lot of what we're hearing is doom and gloom. And there are understandably businesses and consumers concerned about what the future looks like. What are some things that you believe we have in our favor for the current crisis and the ways in which banks are positioned relative to perhaps how they were positioned 10 years ago? We have been so impressed with the responses we've seen from our client base, which are generally smaller community banks, but when you look up market at the larger banks, they're out there doing some amazing things themselves. Uh, but banks are in, in a really good position to deal with what we hope is a short-term crisis like this one. 
and by by that I mean banks certainly as we set today have elevated levels of capital relative to recent history. So, you know, short-term losses can be borne much better. I think we've also got a, a regulatory environment that is understanding of some of the pain that banks and their borrowers are about to have to feel. And then we've got just great examples of bank management out there making quick decisions to help their communities. So I think banks are well-positioned to deal with this, and it's really their time to shine. One move that I think was surprising because of how early it came was the Fed's decision to cut rates almost to create a zero-rate environment. You know, that's a big deal for banks. And I'm wondering, what are your thoughts on how they should be planning, managing their balance sheets, knowing that we will probably be in a sustained zero-rate environment for some time to come? Certainly the the zero-rate environment uh, is a a scary piece in all of this. Uh, There's only so much you can do from an interest rate risk management standpoint to deal with cuts like we've seen over the last couple weeks. So I think internally, from an ALCO perspective, a fresh look is necessary, but also just thinking about borrowers and how rapid rates of interest rate change can affect them, not only now, but in the future. When you look at those thinly capitalized businesses, um, you know, how is that going to impact them? Do they understand that? Um, And really, as with so much of this, it's about getting those lenders uh, connected with with borrowers to make sure they understand the changes in the environment. And those changes will be hard for many to understand and certainly to predict the outcomes of on their businesses down the line. But but we will still be at the center of that. I mean, lending is the lifeblood of not only the banks but of their communities. So what do you think this means for lending and the types of loans or the types of business support services that banks are going to be needing to offer for communities to find some kind of stability? I think there's plenty of room uh, for lending to continue, but the focus has to shift for the short term. Um, It really has to be which are those businesses out there that are really great businesses but may find a cash flow pinch uh, as we come into this uh, really unprecedented environment. give you an example. Uh, My sister owns a pharmacy in our hometown. She's got a great business. She has really next to no debt, but she's had to go to curbside-only service because she doesn't have a drive-through. You know, how will that impact her business? It's hard to say, uh, but I think it was a smart move given that she's the only pharmacist there and really uh, can't afford to get sick, not to mention the health of her employees and her customers. So when you look at, at the community that you're serving, those are the stories that I think you want to pay attention to. Um, because those businesses are obviously what makes the community, and we don't want to have a short-term, uh, hopefully limited focus kind of pullback like those types of businesses out. I think it's a good point, uh, but it also begs the question that beyond lending, how do you see banks addressing the other operational concerns they have, whether that's employee management or uh, lobbies and branch presence, the fact that customers are going to want to do business, but we may have to think about business a little differently for the foreseeable future. Well, I think first and foremost, uh, realize that people are scared. And so they need some leadership. Uh, This is time for for people to step up and get their employees comfortable that the bank has their best interests at heart and they're taking every step they can to protect them. Uh, And that, of course, starts with just informing yourself. 
you know, this is really the time, I think, where mid-size and larger banks uh, may have the advantage of just larger executive teams so that people can just keep up with information more easily. But if you're a smaller bank and you don't have that breadth of management, you know, this is where the, the 12 and 15-hour days start, where you're just uh, being a banker during the day and absorbing information at night. Uh, but I think giving employees comfort is a big key in all this, but there's also uh, legitimate sort of tactical planning from an operational standpoint when you deal with something like this. For example, uh, we've had a number of clients, smaller clients, go to drive-through only service. That, of course, is in part uh, to to protect their customers and their employees from getting sick. I, I think that's actually the primary reason for it, but there's a logistical reason underpinning that, which is my goodness, if we have to close this location um, because of a, a health concern, we've got some severe limitations on our ability to serve our customers. So uh, I think what we see, uh, not only from banks, but from other businesses that are, that are forward-thinking and thinking about managing their risk, is, hey, we may have to endure some, some short-term pain in changing our operating model to make sure that we're durable and we're there for our customers when they need us. And on a very specific note, uh, what about the cash management side of the equation? And we've had a number of banks starting to question uh, whether or not they should be prepared for larger cash withdrawals or managing liquidity. I'm just curious, have you seen or heard or thought about what cash management should look like in the near term? Yeah, that has been an interesting piece to watch. As this virus, now pandemic, started to unfold, people really had questions about, my gosh, should I even want to handle cash? Is it just filled with germs? As as we have seen the discussion evolve, it seems like more and more people, you know, similar to wanting to have lots of groceries at home, want to have, you know, a, a big handful of cash with them. So in our white paper, we actually mentioned that banks may want to think about having reserves on hand. Uh, you know, you, you hate to go down the path so much of restricting access to cash because I think that undermines confidence that your customers have in the bank. Uh, so that's, you know, one one of a thousand or more subplots to all this that's just going to bear watching. You're really speaking to the broader role that banks play in keeping their communities healthy and vibrant uh, through the best of times and through the worst of times. So beyond just supporting individual businesses, how are you thinking banks can be leaders in their communities at a time when a lot of us are feeling anxiety about what might happen next? So I mentioned earlier that I think this is the time for banks to shine. And I think we have a real advantage in our banking system in the U.S. where we've got such a diverse array of banks serving the economy. Uh, I mentioned earlier that the large banks are doing some amazing things. I think they're going to end up uh, – really coming out of this uh, as heroes in a lot of ways by providing capital where it's needed. But community banks have a real role to play here, too. Um, there's no way that your local borrower who has been served by an online lender uh, or perhaps someone several states away uh, is going to have a banker to rely on who can speak to those local market conditions. So really this is the time for community banks to step up and educate the business leaders in their communities, frankly, whether they're customers or not, as to how to best weather the storm. And of course, um, that that type of service doesn't necessarily mean that those folks end up becoming your customers long term. 
but it's the right thing to do, and I think more often than not, uh, people will remember you at the end of the day for standing by the community and really being there to serve it during a difficult time. Yeah, and it seems like difficult times is the name of the game, uh, for a while at least. So what are you seeing, what are you thinking about that will help define those banks that make it through, that succeed in the face of all of this change and uncertainty? What are your recommendations for best practices in banking at the moment? You know, really for me, um, and this will sound like an, an answer given by a corporate lawyer, and I can't help it, that's what I am, uh, but we here at Fenimore have been talking a lot about existing governance structures, which, you know, really all we mean by that is decision-making processes that allow our clients to be nimble. And when things are moving in the right direction, that's not always as valued as it is in a moment of sudden change. Uh, but I think when you've got a structure that allows information to be gathered, processed, disseminated quickly, and then a decision to be made on it, uh, those are the, the banks that are going to do best in a circumstance like this. Um, you know, we look at the stock market and what it's done to all of our retirement plans lately, and we think that's cruel. Uh, but I really think the market can be pretty cruel in circumstances like this to companies that don't have that good decision-making structure in place. So I think uh, that that's really something that's going to show as, as a valuable piece going forward, and I hope you know, more and more folks will focus on it after this. Jonathan Hightower, thank you so much for joining us today.